0: believe and become. Enjoy. That song, it just does something to me on the inside. I guess it reminds me of my life and how God has loved me through all of my ugly. It reminds me how he restored me, how he redeemed me. He showed me mercy and he's shown me grace. You see, if it's not God, Then it's ugly. And we all have ugly. Anytime you've had bad thoughts of somebody else, you said cruel words to someone else, you've treated someone else bad, you've cut people off in traffic, cheated on your taxes. If it's not of God, it's ugly. The Bible says we all have ugly and have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Nobody's is Exclusive from that. Today, I'm going to talk about coming to the table of the King. My wife, Miss Lynn, uh, she'll be here second service. Um, she came up yesterday and did this table for us as a physical representation of the table of the King. You see, the King's table has the finest of everything. It has the finest gold, the finest silver. It has the best food, the best fruits and vegetables. It has the best wine from the best grapes on the vine. The king's table is always the best place to eat. And we're going to talk about that today. If you know, you know, before we finish today, before you leave here, everyone in this place is going to have an opportunity to come and dine at the table of the king today. We're going to talk about the spiritual table. Although this is pretty, this is physical, we're going to talk about the inside of you today. And getting rid of some of the ugly. You guys, if you know me very well, you know I love telling stories about my life. And how God has uh, worked in my life and always been there. Uh, even when I didn't deserve it. Sometimes when I didn't want it. God has always been there. But I'm going to share a story today. Um, not about me. Um, but it's a story of redemption. Of restoration. Of forgiveness. Of forgiveness of grace, and of mercy. On second thought, it is about me. (laughs) That's my life, and it's your life. And I hope that you'll see that in the story this morning. I'm going to share a story about an Old Testament Bible character named Mephibosheth. Maybe you've heard of him, maybe you know about him. Mephibosheth was the grandson of King Saul. He was the son of Jonathan. If you remember, Jonathan and King David, were they had a brotherly covenant that was stronger than jonathan's tie to his own father he even hid david away to prevent saul from killing him they had a a, a covenant like um that they were just best but bffs is that the right thing i don't use a lot of things like that but i've seen that somewhere but that's what they were um and as I share the story today of Mephibosheth coming to the table of the king, I want you to find yourself in this story. I want you to see how you fall into there. Because um, every time I read this story, and I love to read this story, and every time I do, I find more about my life in this, in this story. And I think you will too. The first time that we find Mephibosheth in the Bible is actually in 2 Samuel chapter 4. Uh, King Saul has been killed by his own sword. And that's kind of a weird story in itself. You need to go and read it if you had not because it's kind of weird the way that happened. But he has died, and his son Jonathan has also died. And it's common in that day, when a king is killed, it's common for them to kill all the descendants of his family. So there's never any uh, chance of them trying to regain the crown. Um, So... Mephibosheth is the son of Jonathan, and in chapter four, he's about five years old. And his nursemaid or nanny, as we would call today, is in fear for his life of him being killed, so she takes him to hide him. And in the in her fleeing with him, he's five years old. I guess she's carrying and running him, running with him. Um, we were talking about this morning. She must have backed over him with a chariot or something. But she dropped him, and it must have been a pretty tough drop a long way or something because he was crippled in both of his feet for the rest of his life. And then in chapter um, 5, 6, 7, 8, there continues to be a lot of killing going on. David is anointed as king of Israel during this time. And chapter 9 is where I want to get to because I'm going to read the, the whole chapter to you, which is the story of Mephibosheth that I want you to hear. And as I read this, I want you to find yourself in this, and then we're going to come back and talk about this chapter uh, after I read it. I'm reading out of New King James. It says, Now David said, Is there still anyone of, who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? That's kind of funny to me that, he said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness that show the kindness of God? And Zeba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Zeba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Makir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Remember Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, the son of, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Here's your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself, Mephibosheth, and said, What is your servant, or who am I, that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to you your master's son that all that belong to Saul and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always." Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. But as for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Zebul were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both his feet. You see, first, first thing David did was to show kindness to Mephibosheth. That's grace. That's grace right there. God shows kindness to us. He was la- he was lame in his feet, he was crippled. Life has a way of crippling us. We get beat down. Things happen. We lose a loved one. We get divorced unexpectedly. You lose a job. You don't get a job that you thought you were going to have. Things happen to us. Maybe a pastor has hurt you. Maybe a church Has hurt you. We get crippled in life. And that's where Mephibosheth was crippled, and and his maid took him to a place called Lodabar. And if you look up Lodabar, it means dry place or a desert or a place with no pasture, a place of nothing, the middle of nowhere, literally. And when we get crippled, it's our nature to pull away and to hide and to go somewhere that there's nothing. We, we go to a dry place. We're not seeking God. We're not seeking help from others. We withdraw. And we go to, the, we go to our own Lodabar. But see what happened with David was he sent for him. When you get to that place Everybody in here today is here Because somebody Cared enough about you to invite you To bring you to the king's table You see God is sending after you He desires to be with you And he will send people to get you From your Lodabar And bring you back to his table He sent people for me He sent someone for you Today he's asking you He's sending someone for you There's someone on your mind right now that he is sending you after to bring back to the king's table. Mephibosheth was was fearful for his life. He fell down on his face before David out of fear. He he, he thought he was going to die. All right, David has found me. I've been hiding all these years. Actually, it had been a few years because he has a son of his own now. But he was, he was scared. He, he said, this is it. I'm, I'm dying. I know that's why I'm here. But David had other plans for him. When you come before the Lord and it, listen to me, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. It doesn't matter. God loves you and God cares for you. And he is not to be fearful you're not to be fearful of him. David, or Mephibosheth, was fearful for his life. God loves you. You you know, it's funny, my grandkids, I've got four of them now, and and they're coming along growing up, and um, every time they come to Poppy's house, I walk out in the yard when I see them drive up, and I stand there in the yard, and I get down on one knee, and I hold my arms open, and they jump out of the car, and they come running. And they just, they try their best to knock me down, just hugging, you know, just hugging and loving on poppy. Imagine God doing that with you this morning. He's down on one knee and he's got his arms open and he's waiting for you to come running to him. And he wants to hug you. He wants to love you. He wants to care for you. It does. And you know, when my grandkids are doing that, I don't care what they've done. It doesn't matter. I want them to come hug me and love on me because I want to love them back. And it's the same with God. He wants to love you no matter where you've been, what you've done. He wants to love you. So don't be fearful of God. This is what I like. Get this part if you don't get any rest of it. In verse 7, David says, I will restore. Get this. God said, David told Mephibosheth, I'm going to restore to you everything that was your fathers and your grandfathers. It's God's desire today when you come to the table to restore everything to you that has been taken from you, from your fathers, and from your grandfathers for generations. I don't know what kind of relationship you've had with your father or grandfather. Maybe it was good. Maybe it wasn't. But somewhere along the line, the enemy stole stuff from your family. And today, God wants to restore everything that has been taken from you and your family. He wants to restore your relationships with your fathers and grandfathers. Maybe they've gone, before, gone on and you can't physically do that, but spiritually you can today. You can restore everything and live a life eating from the king's table continually. And also, Mephibosheth had a son named Micah, and he was taken care of for the rest of his life. so, not only for your, your life, but your father's, your grandfather's will be restored, but your children also. Isn't that cool? I love the story because I just see how my life just goes right along with it. When you're walking around crippled from the world, and, and you feel like... A dead dog before God basically that's pretty nasty that's pretty low Um, you cannot help yourself you can't help those around you I remember when we moved to Honduras um, out of God's timing and I got down there and I was so miserable because I was out of his timing I could not help myself nevertheless anybody else I was crippled and I had to get back to the king's table and get back in God's grace and God's timing. And that's what, if you're in a place where you're not sure what to do or you're aggravated, you're frustrated, maybe this holiday season is tough on you, come back to the king's table. Come back to the king's table today. What did David tell Mephibosheth? This is my paraphrase. He said, get up, boy. Get up. You're going to eat at my table forever. Like one of my own sons. God is telling you today to dine from his table as one of his own sons. You realize God doesn't have any stepchildren. We're adopted as his own children. His kids. And everything that is his is ours. Everything that is God's is ours. (laughs) David, you see in this story, I am Mephibosheth. I have been crippled. I have been in a dry place. I have been brought back before God. I have been redeemed. I have been restored. I have been forgiven. God has shown me mercy when I didn't deserve it. And God has covered me with his grace. You have been crippled. You have been in a dry place. God has brought you back. God has redeemed you and restored you. Forgiven you. God has shown you mercy when you didn't deserve it. And God has covered you with his grace. All because we chose to dine at the table of the king. See, David had compassion on Mephibosheth because of his relationship with Jonathan. He redeemed him from Lodabar. He restored to him everything that had been taken from him. It's God's desire today to do that for you. He wants to bring you out of your dry place. When we're crippled, here's and you know God always gives us a bonus when you ask him for stuff. I remember back in 2001, I think it was in February when I quit drinking that day. God took the desire of, to drink alcohol out of my mouth, but he gave me a bonus. I get nauseated now just smelling it 20 <laughs> something years later. And he wants to give you a bonus. The bonus is when they brought Mephibosheth to the table and he sat at the table. Picture this, picture yourself with all of your crippleness, anything in your life when you sit at the table and you slide your feet up under that table all of the cripple is hidden it's gone you don't see it anymore when you come to the table of the Lord everything that has crippled you everything that has hurt you is gone it's hidden you don't see it anymore we're going to do things a little different this morning I've asked some of the I've asked the other pastors. I've asked some of the ministry altar ministry team to be available. I wanted to have a little time this morning to just open up these altars. We don't do this a lot sometimes because we just things happen. Um, but this morning it's going to be different. We're going to open this altar up for a couple of reasons. I want you to be able to come and get prayer from one of the pastors or altar ministry team if you need it. But I want you to be able to just come to this altar and get on your knees and just spend some time with the Father. Just bring everything to the table this morning. Literally. Come and sit at the table. Come and dine at the table of the Father this morning. Um, Miss Vicki, have you got your team ready? Jamie, you guys, um, what we're going to do, is kind of different, so I'm, I'm not stumbling, I'm just, it's just different that we don't do this um, often. So we're going to start some music just kind of low and slow. If you choose not to come up here, um, then please just sit in your chair and pray from your chair. You can pray from right there. You can get on your knees right there. Whatever you want to do, bring everything to the table this morning and let the Lord just take it from you this morning. Buck, if y'all want to start some music for us, we're just going to open the altar. So if you guys want to come and, and let God just love on you this morning. by the fall broken and forgotten feeling lost and all alone summoned by the king into the master's courts, lifted by the savior and cradled in his arms I was carried to the table Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.